Good morning from Jubilee Worship Center. Pastor Carolyn here for our Bible study this morning. It's good to have those of those that have joined us in the house and those that are online with us. And I want to welcome Gavin Brewer with us today, who will be co-teaching and sharing some things with us. And uh, just delighted to have this young man. This is, I think, second time. Yes. Second time he's been on. And. Um, just a proud grandmother here to have a grandson here. And so we're going to look the favorite at... favorite grandson. Oh, <laughs> did you hear that? Favorite grandson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, each one is to make to feel that way when we're together, that's for sure. Um, we're looking at a series on light invading darkness. And uh, so today, I, I just felt like the phrase, as light increases is a good title and I wanted to read I want to kick off with 1st John 2 12 through 14 and I'll be reading this from the New Living Translation I am writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning I am writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I have written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you're strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won your battle with the evil one. So, what I wanted to point out today is that we see stages of maturing mentioned here by John, who has written 1 John and 2nd chapter, and light increases as our minds become renewed in Christ Jesus. It's almost like when we start with Christ, it's, it's an exciting adventure, of course, but it's like there's a dimmer switch on and then as we walk with him, the light gets brighter and brighter because we have more and more revelation. So, Gavin, share with us how God has been turning up the light in your life and showing himself to you. So, definitely with identity. Like, yeah. for me, I was, I was thinking about it um, actually a lot this week, and I was like, how has the light infiltrated my life? And to be honest, there's no short answer because every part of my life has been redeemed, restored, and I have always, since I was a child, um, no matter what disaster came our way, the Lord always provided. And um, He's brought so much healing and restoration yes. to my life since I was a child. He's really just been there um, and so it's hard for me to like there isn't just one testimony yeah. and so I began to think about it and I woke up this morning um, thinking about all the different ways the Lord's really come through in my life mm -hmm. and as soon as I woke up the first thing I heard was identity and mm -hmm. um, that's the that's where the light came in for me is um, I think a lot of believers still struggle with this when they, too, yeah. they become um, Christians, they get saved and, mm -hmm. and the, 
they get spirit filled, they don't realize like they are a new creation, but they don't realize what that means, what that carries. And even now, sometimes as mature believers, we still are considering ourselves more mature. Uh, we still might not understand what that means. And so for me, it's no matter what I do, mm -hmm. I'm a son. No matter what I do, I am an heir to the kingdom. And that is, you got to understand what that means. Like an heir to the kingdom. What does that mean to you? And so for me, being an heir to the kingdom means that all that's the Father's is mine. But with that, all that's mine is His. And so it's, you got to learn the keys to the kingdom and what you as a believer, the weight you carry. And uh, the scripture the Lord brought to my mind is Romans 8.19. And for all of creation groans for the sons of God to be made manifest. Yeah. Creation is groaning, groaning for you to recognize who you are. Your, your importance, your significance. And we grow in ourselves. Yes, we grow in ourselves because yes. there's this turmoil in us as we fight, um, not with flesh and blood, but with things of the Spirit. Right. And a lot of times, we, we just don't ever sit down to think and ask ourselves, who am I? And when you really begin to get in, in touch with a sense of purpose, like I belong, I was created for purpose. I was created for this life. I was created. He, that's why Jesus came. It's because the Lord wanted his family back. And so we are, we are living in the, we, we could have been born at any time. And we were born at this time yes. to be heirs to the blood of Christ. We were able to see the sacrifice that Jesus had. We were able to see the, the benefits of the covenant. And, um, I think right now he's through the church all across America. He's bringing revelations of what that what that looks like, what the what the covenant is. Mm -hmm. So good point, good point. I like what you said and giving back to him all that you have. Um, and those are those are strong words, and that's something you're learning. But some people go through life and never learn that. Uh, it's more like, um, what can God do for me? And we can get locked into that place of what's he doing for me today? You know, and it's all about myself rather than finding out what the real joy in walking with him is, is giving him everything of ourselves and then giving ourselves to serve others. And somehow we, we lose that fleshly drive within ourselves and we become apprentices to the kingdom of God for the Spirit of God to teach us. And he raises up people in our lives that are mentors, that uh, give us the examples of how to live, how to live the Christian life and to live it fully. And so um, <clears throat> I looked up the definition of the word apprentice and most everybody has a concept of what that means, but it's a person who's learning a trade from a skilled trainer. And so I've said to people, if you're having marital problems, you don't go to somebody who's been divorced eight times for advice. You go to somebody who has successfully had a marriage 
you know, and there's no condemnation on those that are divorced, but you want to know how, you, you want to apprentice under the person who's been successful at whatever it is you're struggling with. If it's finances, you don't want to go to somebody that's, that's in bankruptcy and say, well, you know, tell me your lessons. Well, of course their lessons are, I'm sorry I got here. <laughs> but you want to go to somebody that has known how to invest their money and make, cause their money to make money for them and that kind of thing. So in the walk of the spirit, it's the same. It's to hang around people that can pull you up to that higher level of walk. Um, not just, not just a peer level. And, and I, that doesn't even have to be an age thing. It can be just a peer level where people are just kind of sort of walking with the same interests that you have. You know how you just kind of hang out and just do the things that are, that are natural. You want somebody that, uh, my advice always is to have a get in your face friend. Someone who can say, you're an error here. You've gotten off base. So what do you say to that? You have people like that in your life that can keep you in the straight and narrow. More than one. And it's not just a beneficial thing. It's necessary. It is necessary. If you don't have people in your life that if you're not submitted to authority, uh, you are in trouble in, in more ways than one. And I have learned that the hard way. Not, not the easy way. <laughs> Learned that the hard way. That not being submitted to authority and not having people in your life um, that can speak to you and where you're at. Mm -hmm. it, it's very important not just to have authority, but just to have people walking with us through life. Um, that's one struggle. That's why people, a lot of times, they get saved. And um, they, they don't, they're not able to grow. is because they don't have anybody to walk with them. And that's a lot of times why, for us, discipleship, fathering, mothering, mentoring is really, really important because, and that's another reason why it's all of creation groans is because we have a, we have a call, we have a responsibility to the world. And it says that the church is the head, not the tail. Uh, when Jesus referred to the church, uh, he used the word ecclesia. Mm -hmm. And Paul developed that idea. He used the word ecclesia 62 times in the Bible. And the word ecclesia means a governing body of believers. So we are governing, we are ambassadors for the Lord. And so you gotta ask yourself how you, how you carry yourself, what you're doing. You have a responsibility to govern. You have a responsibility to create, that you are made in the image of God. And so it's, that light for me is the revelation. When you continue to read your Bible, you get a sense of your identity. You get a sense of who you are. You, you are a governor, you are a creator, you are a builder, you are made in the righteousness and the glory of God. You are beautifully and wonderfully made. Amen. And Amen. everything you, all your desires, your preferences, uh, some of those we picked up along the way, but there are internal motivations, there are internal things in you that are unique to you. There is nobody else on planet Earth like you. And if you don't walk around with the revelation that you are a son or a daughter of the God who can change the times and seasons. Mm -hmm. Like we, we have problems and we go to everybody else. 
but the source. Your Father can change the times and the seasons. And Paul said also to pray without ceasing, meaning you should be talking to him all the time. Mm -hmm. And when you get in, when you connect with that, being an heir to the kingdom, that is just, it's life-changing. And it's awesome to know that we carry such weight in the Father's heart. Amen. That he would send Jesus just to, to die. God in the flesh humbled himself greatly to these ignorant, <laughs> evil, disobedient hooligans here on earth. <laughs> and he was like, no, this is my family. And um, God is a God of the blended family. And it is beautiful to see how when the identity kicks in, he used Paul. He was a mass murderer, serial killer. Yeah. He used David, an adulterer, mm -hmm. man after God's own heart. It's mm -hmm. that shift in identity. Yes. And it's recognizing that um, you got to let go of your faults, of mm -hmm. the the shame, the guilt, any of those things that are, are keeping you weighted down, any of those um, places where you feel depressed or you feel like you're not growing or you're not good enough, there needs to be a shift, a shift in the way you think. And that's where the light comes in for me is because we can be new creations, but if our minds aren't renewed, we'll never know it. And I think it's it's good for us to learn, too, that we have blinders because we can think, oh, I can see, I can see, when really we're just looking at just what is standing before us. Okay, maybe, I, okay, here's this candle. I can see this candle burning. So, oh, I can say I've got good eyesight, but I'm not looking to my right and I'm not looking to my left. And so, therefore, I have blinders on. I mean, I... I mean, I certainly can probably name who's here, but if I were just staring at that candle and staring straight ahead, I might not really be in touch with those around me or even paying, paying attention and giving even value to those around me. So I've got blinders on. And so the young Christian that John is talking about here is, is technon, and it's the new believer. It's the one that's being trained up and given instruction. Now, there are many that are running loose that claim Jesus is Lord. And when I say running loose, meaning out from under authority, not rooted in and grounded in him and also rooted into a church body. So um, can you address what that's like? Uh, maybe, well, I do know you long enough <laughs> to know you've always been in church, but um, you have... You know people in your life, and we all do. We all know people in our lives that are not rooted in. So um, what are the dangers that you see? Um, definitely, it's just pure wisdom to be submitted to authority mm -hmm. and to take correction. Um, you just, it's important. Authority forces you to grow, and it forces, it forces you to be held accountable and to look at where you may be weaker. There have been many, 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 many times I've wanted to run, hit the road, be like, no, I got it. I'm just <laughs> doing my own thing. And I, 
fell flat on my face, <laughs> smacked the ground. Things did not end up going well. <laughs> then I had to tiptoe back like, okay, I don't like this, but fine. I'll submit to authority. And so a lot of times when people submit to a, or don't submit to authority, um, they struggle a lot more than they have to. And I have many friends who um, don't learn authority in the home and they struggle with it what? everywhere else. And they, mm -hmm. um, it not being submitted to authority and not learning, um, to me there are four um, pillars of authority that God created. Mm -hmm. He created the family unit. Mm -hmm. He created the church. He created government and he created business. Those are the four pillars of authority. Mm -hmm. And um, discerning the difference between Godly authority and non-godly authority is very important. Yeah. And um, once you once you grow and you continue to read your Bible, you begin to mm -hmm. differentiate what that authority is. But once you find godly authority in your life, do not let go of it. Because they will, basically, learning authority is learning how God intended your marriage to be, how God intended the family unit to be, how God intended businesses to run, churches to run, how he intended the government to run, and um, not being submitted to that causes problems in your, in all your life. It causes problems in your, in your finances, in your relationships with your children, with your mm -hmm. marriage, at, all across the board. And um, a lot of times, um, it, and it's simply because we don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Mm -hmm. The more you learn about authority and submission to the kingdom and his ways, his principles, you start to see things align all across the board in your life. And it's, it's amazing. It really is. We were talking recently um, together about, I think the Lord gave me this analogy about the fire pit in the backyard. And um, so the fire pit has a wall around it. And then in the, in the center, we put, you know, you gather the limbs for me and you help me with the things that we need to burn. But the wall is essential. And we were talking the other day about this, that um, if the fire could talk, if the fire had a voice, it would say, let me out of here. Let me spread. And that's essentially what you were saying. You know, let me spread. Let me out of here. I don't want these boundaries. And... And only to find that it can cause damage. I mean, we all know that a drifting fire can cause serious, serious damage. And so there's the need for the wall to keep it intact. But I was recalling also, you had been over with a friend and you all had burned quite a few things that I needed burned. And I remember when you walked in the back door, you were both remarking, oh, if we could only have that fire burned, that tall flame like that all the time. If we could only make it look like that all the time. But what came to me was the reason that fire was burning as well as it was, was because it was contained. Not restrained, but contained. Because, you know, we're not to be restrained, meaning we lose our identity in, when we submit to authority. No, we actually find our identity when we submit to authority. So therefore our flame can burn up 
and burn taller because we're safe within those boundaries. Would you agree to that? Yes, I would agree very much. And mm-hmm. a lot of times that's why we, uh, uh, Americans have a grave problem. Um, our country was founded on rebellion. Independence. And independence. <laughs> yes. And that is a seed that has multiplied all across each and every one of our hearts. Mm-hmm. We fear authority. We are afraid of authority. We don't like authority. We only include authority when it benefits us. And anytime <laughs> authority steps over um, our preferences, steps over what we want to do, mm-hmm. we get, no, this is, it's time to, it's time to do something new. And it's, it happens, we have so many denominations in the church. We have uh, different factions uh, appearing in our country and we have all this division. And if we solved our problems with authority, we, we would, if you saw authority get in line all, all down the board in government, in church, in family, in business, you would see our political problems disappear. You would see our problems with division and with um, all the evil that's taking place in America. You'd see that get in line. You'd see the family unit get in line. Mm-hmm. There are so many things that if you learned what authority looks like, uh, godly authority looks like, um, things would really get in line. And so it's mm-hmm. learning that authority is not um, keeping you from burning. Authority is a blessing from God. It is a gift. It, it, it keeps you from life's troubles. And mm-hmm. learning to love authority, not tolerate authority, not yeah. not include it, learning to um, love authority, truly love yeah. God's mm-hmm. um, covering in your life and His grace mm-hmm. and His Him helping you find your purpose, Him helping to, like, your blessing and what where you're trying to get is in line with your authority. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. Like, if you want to be promoted and you want to, you want to go up, you've got to go down first. You've got to humble yourself and you've got to submit to authority so that you can learn and grow. Mm-hmm. And the more you do that, the more you'll see your fire get taller and taller. You won't be just wrecking havoc, uncontained, exactly. just going all over the place, scattered, and then fizzling out here and there. Mm-hmm. You will you will be fed properly. You will be contained within the authority, and you'll see the anointing of God move in your life. And it's, it's mm-hmm. vital to who you are. There's a word that I've heard you use um, two or three times since we've been sitting here, and the word is preference. And uh, we all have our preferences. I prefer to do it this way. You prefer to do it that way. Uh, We have our own ideas of what we think will work. And uh, I remember Dr. Karen Morgan sharing with our leadership on this concept. And she said, whenever I have a situation, she says, I go to see what Jesus did with that given situation. I mean, it might not be precisely, you know, like, which grocery store to go to, but but in the major decisions of life. And so she said she was in a situation where uh, she would, it was in an office situation and she would prefer to do something a certain way. That was the way she always did it. But the one she was working for preferred that she do it another way. Well, so that was hitting up against her preference. And so she said, I went to the scriptures and she said, 
I realized that Jesus had a preference in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said, I prefer that this cup pass from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. And I have never forgotten that. That spoke so deeply to me because you're talking about, and with like the fire, the fire would prefer to be let loose, to just escape and just go where it wants to. And I mean, aren't we? We're given to be in that way in our flesh. And so, Lord, my preference is for my flesh to be coddled, for me to do my own thing in my own timing, my own way. But you're saying this way. And that's where the rubber hits the road, isn't it? And that's where we begin to grow. Now, will he permit us to stay within our preference? Yes. And we remain technon. We remain the child. And we don't grow. But the next level is to begin to invite the will of God to hit. And that's the cross, to hit up against my will. My will and his will cross. That's, and we hit that intersection daily, many times a day. Yeah, right? And so uh, finally we get to the place as we are growing, and that is as we embrace God's preference over ours then we begin to realize, this is not about me. This is not all about me. Right? There's a higher higher purpose here than just what I want. And uh, I, was, I was thinking of, um, again, something else you and I were talking about the other day, uh, James and John, the sons of thunder. <laughs> and uh, James being uh, Jesus' brother. They called him James the, the Lesser, which really means James the Younger. He's not lesser in importance. He was just James the Younger. But we remember the Mount of Transfiguration and, oh man, the presence of God. <laughs> so they asked Jesus, can, can we be on your right and on your left? Think of the gall. <laughs> that they had, the gall that they had to ask him, you know, just, I mean, to even envision themselves at such a level. And they needed to be in the school of discipline. They needed to be trained up <laughs> because they were, they were running amok. You know, it was like, bless us, Lord, bless us, Lord, and raise, raise us up to be on, one on each side of you. And, uh, we want the recognition. We have ambition. And uh, <laughs> that's why they're called the Sons of Thunder, because they wanted to run loose like that fire. And he said, no, no. And what they came to learn in time, just like it's time for us, they came to learn the joys in loving him first and then loving others and serving them. And the scripture says, we gain our life when we lose it. Isn't that right? So we lay down preferences, lay down ambitions, lay down these grandiose ideas of who I can be in the kingdom, and just say, Lord, <laughs> just mold me Amen. and shape me 
and make me like you. That's all that matters. Any other closing comments you would like to make? Um, I guess the last thing I would say is that um, with this in authority and having the light come into your life, um, another thing that's really, 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 really important is unity. But the thing with unity is, unity is not uniformity. Mm -hmm. So God does not want you to lose your identity. Right. He doesn't want you to lose what makes you unique. Mm -hmm. when, you're, when you're laying down your preferences, when you're laying down your desires, when you're laying down your, your will, it's not a place of um, losing yourself, but rather finding yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's surrendering and dying to yourself so that you can truly find um, the kingdom, truly find what makes you, you. Because we have a lot of things that are influencing our heart, our desires, our mind. So we have to allow that to die in the sense that what resurrects is what's supposed to be there. And Good so unity... Um, God isn't going to pour out a corporate anointing on a divided body of Christ. And so finding that unity, finding that love, being together, but not being you. It's not that we're all supposed to be alike. Like, just because you disagree, that's that's a good thing. You're to learn from each other, but it's being unified and let going, uh, let going letting go <laughs> of right. offense and yes. these things that are not supposed to be there that give us freedom. Could you close by praying for our listening audience? Yes. Lord, I just thank you for everybody listening, everybody here. Father, I just thank you that seeds were planted today and that you would just continue to water those, Father, that you would continue to grow us, that we would enter the kingdom like children, Father, um, yes. open, open and eager, eagerly waiting for you and what you have for us and what you want to show us and teach us, Father. Mm -hmm. We just thank you for your love and peace just to embrace us, that we would just continue to let go of things in our life that shouldn't be there, Father. And we just thank you for um, continuing to bring together um, the body of Christ in this desperate time in America, Father. We thank you for answering the prayers we just thank you for coming through in greater measure, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.